Thank you for downloading Fearless in Devotion, a podcast all about Wrexham AFC. Here they come, our mighty champions, raise your voices to the anthem, marching with our mighty army, Wrexham is the name, Fearless in Devotion. Hello, Croissant All. This is Fearless in Devotion, sponsored by the Fat Bull Bar and Restaurant. Now, this week marks one year since the takeover by Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhenney. Um, so on today's podcast, we're sort of zooming out a little bit to consider a longer view of the past 12 months. Very briefly, Tim, what kind of thing will we be discussing? Everything and anything, really. We're just going to have a look at where we feel we've progressed often on the pitch, where we feel we haven't progressed often on the pitch, what the biggest moans are, what the highlights have been. There's a lot to pack in. Um, everybody's going to have their own different opinion of it, but we're going to include some uh, some tweets from fans who've let us know uh, their thoughts on the past 12 months as well. And just, yeah, just kind of to touch on, on as much as we can, really, because a lot's happened in a short space of time. Great stuff. Well, look, before we do that, though, uh, we've got a quick update from our roving reporter, Andy Gilpin, who was down in Torquay to watch us crash down to earth with a big bang on Saturday afternoon. How uh, <laughs> how was that 1-0 loss? Um, yeah, wasn't wasn't a vintage weekend. I suppose the writing was on the wall when my mate, when we, my mate Chris, we'd planned to go down for weeks and then he got COVID a couple of days before. So I, and I ended up going down on my own. Um, then I saw the team and I was just a little perplexed by it. Uh, and then the match, I mean, we, we were completely, we were completely parkied to be honest. Um, we were just schooled by a manager who understands his team and understands his his club and probably the league as well. And Gary Johnson, they they outfought us. They outfought us. Um, yeah, it was it wasn't a vintage day. Look, bad days on the uh, at the office happen. We, you know, just before just before kickoff, we find that Jordan Davis isn't playing. You take out your two top scorers from any team, you're going to struggle a little bit. Uh, but we also miss Mullin. Uh, you know, some of the some of the Team selection left me a little bit perplexed, but you know, if they'd have ground out a one nil, it would have been fine. They didn't. Yeah, you know, the one thing that sort of did did sort of grate me a little was if any manager is going to know how to how to use the wind in the second half, you would think it would be Phil Parkinson. But if anything, after the first ten minutes, we looked we looked worse than we did in the first half. And that was a truly perplexing thing. I really wanted that head of steam to come and it never really did. Did we not play long in the second half? Did we not try and find Palmer with some direct balls? Yeah, we did. And we put Kwame Thomas on as well, but they weren't they weren't next to each other. I mean, Thomas was just a little bit off him. And then we had Macalinden on. Um, you know, we, we'd been doing quite well down the left wing, so he was in the centre. And then we also had Dior Angos on, and it just it looked unbalanced. It it was it didn't look like we were ever going to play through them. Yeah, not the greatest result. However, plenty of time uh, to put things right. Uh, and on the bright side, no one got sent off, which makes a nice change. 
So no one to add to the to the suspended list. Um, anyway, over the last 12 months, we've seen uh, total management change, uh, stadium improvements, unprecedented demand for tickets and merchandise, uh, and some teething problems along the way, it has to be said. Where do you want to start in terms of where we are 12 months on, Tim? I think, is it is it prudent to start where we are and work backwards, maybe? Let's go, let's go current where we are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're in and around the playoff places. We've chucked a bit of money at it. Should we be higher? Probably. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all a little bit not, not, not underwhelming because it's an exciting time. It still is an exciting time to be a Wrexham fan. But for whatever reason, um, certain decisions have been made elsewhere. Stockport, for example, acting decisive. Got a manager that in that that felt fit what they wanted to do and give them a bit of a sense of purpose, identity, and style, and they are absolutely reaping the rewards for, for it. Should we have done that? <sighs> Hindsight's a wonderful thing. I mean, he's, he's still he's still only been here for what eight months or whatever it is, so <sighs> it's still early days for Parky. But <sighs> it's it's a classic case, isn't it? Where when things are good. They're reasonable. They've never been like very, very good when things are good on the pitch. But then off it, when we're when we're when we're losing, it's it's like everything's gone wrong, which is a disaster. But the, the you know the talky defeat kind of put a top hat on it. Really, no no serious shots on target. Um, so quite rightly at the moment, things are questions are being asked about the manager. Um, but we'll come to that in a minute. Liam, on the pitch, where do you think we are? So if we're talking in overall grades, things sort of on and off the pitch, I would grade us at a B at the minute. But I think in terms of on the pitch, you could probably only give it about a C because because the amount of money that we've invested and I think increasingly now after the January window, it does give Parkinson very little room to, to hide really when you've invested to the extent that he has. Um, I mean, I don't, the thing is, people go on about the you know the style of football and how entertaining it is. I'm not too fussed about that. You know, when we're winning, so when we're winning, it's it's not too grating. But I think when you have days like yesterday, when you know a decent amount of fans have gone down, the football isn't great and the end result isn't great. That it starts to to niggle a bit, really. Um, and partly as well, I think it just comes down to things like. Simplicity. I do wonder if we're perhaps overcomplicating things in that we're constantly going for, you know, League One players. And okay, you know, nothing wrong with that as such. But I often think in this league, sometimes it's the players who know the league inside out who who do really well. You know, players like just for example, the likes of Danny Wright, who won the league multiple times. Good, strong players. So yeah, overall, I do wonder if we're trying to overcomplicate a little bit at the moment. Well, on the note of players, why don't we talk about sort of the players that Parkinson's brought in, Andy? Generally speaking, you know, there's been some big names there. How would you sort of rate them? How do you how would you rate the recruitment sort of on the whole? I think um, the player who's 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 surprised me is the one that came in with the least fanfare, as in uh, Harry Lennon, who I, I think has been excellent all this season. But the problem with Harry is. You know, they say they do their homework on him. Well, it doesn't take long to, to work out that this guy gets injured a lot. 
Now, hope maybe they were thinking with improved physios, and I know they've got a great backroom team there. Maybe they could nurse him through it. So, and they haven't been able to. It's the same thing with with Jake Hyde. You know, you don't have to be an expert in in him to know that he's injury prone. And at the moment, he's out. At the moment, Harry Lennon's out. So, you know, good and bad there. You know, when they're fit and firing, those two are, are decent players. Hayden came in. I was very impressed with him. I think his form dipped a little bit, but I think it's coming back again. I'm still really waiting for Toza to really, to really fire. I still, I still sort of wonder, would we be? Is there much difference to having him or Sean Pearson? Would we have a few percent more from Pearson who knows the club? Who will g, g people on? Who really gets into the referee's ear and will win the same amount of headers that you know that Ben Toza will on a lot more money for you know for for a big transfer fee as well. Um, James Jones I hadn't worked for me so far. I can see there's a player there, but for me he's not really he's not really grabbed any game by the scruff of the neck. Um, of the new people that have come in, this is yesterday was the first time I saw Palmer. He didn't have a great game. Wimbledon fans say that sometimes he's very good and sometimes he's ordinary. Well yesterday he was ordinary, but you know, he didn't have anyone in and around him. He didn't have anyone firing in crosses to him. That you know, that's probably what he what he thrives off. Um, and then O'Connor started well, but again, you know, the midfield unit has changed because you wanted a midfield unit of O'Connor, probably Luke Young, and Davis, which gives you a little bit of everything. But you have to go with with, with James Jones because Jordan Davis wasn't fit. So you know, it, he everything. Everything hasn't really clicked together yet. And it's worrying that it's now February and we still haven't clicked together because we are running out of games to click together. So what I think now is, right, what is the art of the possible? So what can we actually look at now? I think we all know that the title's gone. So I think we have to hit the top three. Now, if we, if Phil Parkinson hits the top three, then I think he's got a good chance of getting that rolling contract extended to next season because it shows improvement. Even if we don't go off out of the playoffs, if you hit the top three, it shows that we made a mark. Now, if he gets scrapes into the playoffs and doesn't go through, I think he might be vulnerable. I think he might be vulnerable under the the amount of money we've spent. You know, as Liam said, there's a lot of big transfer fees there and we have complicated things by going, by getting like Wimbledon's player paying a little bit more than maybe we should, paying him a little bit more money to come up here, paying a big sort of signing on fee and everything. You know, we have we haven't done things easy. And if we're not if we're not in and around the top three at the end of the season, I think he could be vulnerable. I don't know what you guys think. Possibly, but I mean are, are we not um it takes time for football teams to click, doesn't it? Uh, especially when you're you're totally turning things around. I think the cliche, isn't it, that you kind of need three transfer windows to to be able to to get the squad that you want together. This January has been a particularly tough one because by all accounts, from people that know football recruitment more than I do, it wasn't exactly uh, a sort of rich harvest of players available. So is there not a bit of leeway in terms of he really needs sort of two seasons to put his real mark on on the side and build a, a possible title winning side, Tim? Uh, maybe, but as every Wrexham manager will testify in the last, well, pre- almost pretty much everybody after Brian Flynn, time, you don't get much time 
um, as a football manager at any level, let alone in the Wrexham hot seat. So I can't, I, can't, I understand the logic to build because everybody cites Stockport as this shining example of, well, you know, they all, they've all moulded last season and now look at them. Well, they weren't moulding pre-Dave um, Challoner, so I'm not really sure what argument there is um, behind that, really. If you're good enough, then it will show, surely. If you're good enough, then it will show. And then you then got to ask yourself, well, what's happening on the training pitch? Is it working? Is it not working? Is there a plan B? Is there a plan C? Um, it doesn't appear that we do have have those options. And do we? Does he persist with this five at the back thing, which isn't really favoured by by any of the fans, really, as far as I can see. It's not really um, working out as much as we would like it to. So, will he be? Will he be here? If even if he gets top three, I don't think he will. I don't think he will unless he gets us promoted. I don't see him being here um, beyond the twelve months. I, I just, I just, the, really, the, yeah. I just don't see it. I think that the the, the 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 people like Sean Harvey and stuff will look at it and go, "Well, he's been brought in. We thought he was the man for the job. Um, the mandate was promotion. You haven't achieved it. We'll find somebody else. That's the luxury. What we can do at the moment, and that's it's it's a needs must situation. It's a cutthroat management world." Not sure it's, yeah. a, it's not a healthy way to run a football club, is it? I mean, you look at like Swansea City, and what? since they've started doing that, it's all gone absolute Pete Tong for them. Yeah, no, but Swansea City is a very different animal to Wrexham, isn't it? I mean, ultimately, um, we've been we've been wanting success for 14 years. Um, it hasn't happened in that time through various reasons. For the for the large part, we've fallen short on most of the seasons. So, you know. <sighs> The only thing in, in Parky's favour is that is, is what what I touched on in the week in that he started he came into the to the club quite late on so there was a bit of a, a lack of preparation for him to to get things going and so on and so forth it all, all felt a bit felt a bit rushed for pre season and this that and the other it felt like he was a couple of weeks behind everybody else but you have to be if, even if you take your, your take your Wrexham hat off for a minute and go. Oh right, I see. Uh, I see. Hollywood FC failed in their mission to get promoted. If that happens, you you, you would look look at that and go, "Well, I wouldn't be surprised if their manager goes, and I won't be surprised in the slightest if that happens." Will I be disappointed? We, well, it, it depends on where we finish, doesn't it? I mean, ultimately, he's been he's been told to come in and do a job. If he fails, I I, I genuinely can't see see him being kept on. But that said, there's been several contracts dished out recently which were quite surprising as well so you just never know no things have been a little bit uh underwhelming uh on the pitch but off the pitch pretty good what, what do we talk about sort of the stadium improvements first yeah definitely i mean if there's one thing that i've really been impressed by actually it's the speed with which they've moved on the infrastructure improvements so you know, I know that we didn't, in terms of our first home game, it came a bit later than expected. But in terms of what the club was up against, in terms of the shortage of materials, etc., I think they actually did really well on the turnaround with that. Um, and it's not just that as well. There's lots of planning going on in the background for other elements as well, such as the new training ground. I've heard that they've looked at a couple of sites for that. Um, and just this week in my work role, speaking to the council, I wouldn't say that the levelling up funding is definite, but I would say that we're probably as close to getting a new cop 
as we've ever come. And I think we'll find out pretty soon in March whether that's been successful. So, you know, if you'd said this to us not long ago, I, I couldn't really see a route forward for the new COP, you know, maybe not, not necessarily two, you know, one or two years ago because the trust have set the ball rolling. But looking back five years, I couldn't see the route for that. And now they're talking about work on it could be done as soon as, you know, 23, 24, something like that. Yeah, Andy, what about sort of the off-the-pitch organisation? Uh, please, the way the club's been run and how things have sort of changed? I mean, if you think back to a couple of years ago, it was basically Geraint running it on his own. And now there's a team of experts in. They've added to that this week with a new head of comms. So, yeah, they are, they are going through each part of the club, making it a hell of a lot more professional than it was before. And, yeah, okay, it's not a community club anymore. It's not the club that we... You know that you could go in, have a cup of tea in the, in you know, w- w- you know, with Geraint, and you know, people would come in and out, and it would, it would be that nice sort of friendly atmosphere. No, it's a hell of a lot more professional now, and that's what we wanted. We voted for this. We didn't, you know, we when these guys came in and said, "Look, we're going to bring football experts in to help it, help us run this club because we don't know what we're doing." We voted overwhelmingly to let them do it. So even if we have lost a little, little bit of the friendliness. Surely, what we're getting in professionalism, you know, counts counts for, for much more than that. So yeah, I think they're doing what they what they said they would do. They're doing it quickly. And I you know, some people some people wonder about Sean Harvey's involvement. But if you speak to anyone within the game, they will say that he is a shrewd football administrator, and you know, he is administrating our club. So again, that's what we asked for. That's what we wanted. That's what we've got. You talk about teething things with the ticket, you know, t- the ticket master thing hasn't been perfect. And I know there was a few, a few people, even like, like for, for example, tomorrow, Wheelstone away. Now, such is the demand for tickets on that, that a lot of Wrexham fans won't get tickets. A lot of Wrexham fans who have been home and away for, for years may not get tickets to that. And I'm wondering, is there any way that you can put some sort of loyalty scheme in in place? Or, or should... Or should we not? Should we not? Should we just say first come, first serve? Tim, I think you've advocated as some kind of loyalty scheme before, haven't you? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, I mean basically, the FAW run their ticket website through Ticketmaster, same as Wrexham now. Um, and the FAW have, have had a, a loyalty scheme in place for several years. And it's worked well. It's fair. Um, you know, ultimately, if, if you're not going to these far-flung outposts following your team... And then you expect to get a ticket for the Austria game next month, you know, ahead of a win that and it's a winner takes all World Cup place against either Scotland or the Ukraine. You're not going to get one because you haven't been to these far flung outposts, and quite rightly. So the fans are going to get rewarded for their loyalty, the money they're spending, the time off they're taking to do that. So Wrexham should do it. My only concern is, and maybe I'm being massively cynical here, is whether they have that extensive database that shows who's been a season ticket for how long, where, who, why. And so, I just, they, maybe they might have that. If they've got it, then utilise it and get that loyalty system in place. If you haven't, then just say you haven't and then, and then start a fresh one. I don't know. It just It's one of those, I mean, at, at this level... I mean, we're all long, long enough in the tooth now to so, to say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not massively too plussed if I get to Wilton or not, but I had a vested interest in them, so I would say that. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, it's going to be different as and when we get up the leagues. I mean, it will be different because the grounds will be bigger. There'll be bigger allocations, but the demand will probably almost definitely still be there if we get promoted. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's it's food to thought. However, it's a fairly straightforward system, and it's one that the powers that be at the football club should be tapping into into those at the FAW corridors of power to say, well, how did you set it up? When did you set it up? What works well with it and what doesn't? And let's learn from it. Yeah, loads to discuss on that. Tim, we'll get some reaction uh, from uh, some of the listeners on Twitter in a minute. But before that, why don't we talk about the the visit of Rob and Ryan and whether that lived up to expectations. Uh, Liam, you obviously remember, you know, you'll have remembered it and you were there during the week. Uh, You know, was it sort of everything that everyone dreamed it to be? Well, I I was meant to be more involved, but that was actually the week I had uh, famously had hand, foot and mouth off my son. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, But no, I was following... Don't hear that much anymore. No, I know. Yeah, well, I think I'm case zero, aren't I? Um, But no, in terms of the actual atmosphere around town and stuff, I I think it was the, the buzz around it was everything we expected it to be in more like I think you and Andy were at the away game where they first turned up perhaps unexpectedly and mm. I remember the reaction you know everyone who wasn't there was really jealous that they weren't um, and then when they actually came to town the, the amount of people standing on Mould Road just trying to get any sort of a glimpse was insane and then obviously you had the thing where they were signing stuff through the railings they opened the gate to let funds through and I don't think there was anything from their visit which said they don't get it quite the opposite. They really get what it means to, you know, to follow this club. I mean, you only had to look at their, there's quite an emotional reaction when they were walking on the pitch and talking to their families. You sort of thought, you know, these are two guys that, you know, they want to be here. You know, they're loving every minute of it. So I think the visit, the buzz it created um, and everything like that. And I think it just reaffirmed what we thought about these two people who, if you told us a couple of years ago they're going to buy your club, you'd think, you know, what the hell are you on about? It's gone down in folklore a bit, isn't it? Is that even in 20, 30 years' time when people say, oh, do you remember when that uh, movie fellow and the TV fellow bought Wrexham Football Club, blah, blah. But then though the, the wider context to that is like, well, do you actually remember the time they actually went to the town and started tipping up at the church and mm-hmm. and tipping up at a, a former um, supporters trust director's house in Coy Poith. and it's just weird. Even 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 these words tumbling out of my mouth now, they're just weird. The surrealness of, of them owning the football club has kind of simmered down now. But you look back at the pictures from 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 that what was essentially a whistle stop tour of the town and then taking in a game or taking in two games, them drinking shots in the turf and. It's just, it's mental. It's um, it's crazy. It's almost like somebody superimposed their faces on, on on a couple of actors. Then the next minute, you've got a fake Danny DeVito going into turf. It was like one batshit crazy moment after the next. And that's something that that you know, nobody can ever take away from the town, the football club. It's kind of one of those, I was there moments, you know, people will be, talking about this for, for many many decades to come so it's important that we uh we lap it up and and kind of look on it fondly i think andy you even got to meet rob albeit briefly i kind of watched it happen how was that have you have you recovered yet what was that three four months ago now yeah i mean i got a lock of his hair didn't i no he I did, did. Um, he, didn't look, he didn't look happy with that right? his voodoo doll yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, don't lick a Hollywood star's face. I think is the yeah <laughs> moral art story. No, it was it's, that was quite good. I mean, uh, we we were interviewing um, Maxine, and they just he came past behind us, had a couple of fanzines in a in a placky bag, which I ran over and gave him. Um, he looked perplexed, a little scared. Uh, took them and made his way. I'm sure he. I'm sure he didn't throw them in the bin straight away. I'm sure he, he read them. It was a great day, and it was. It was. They needed to get the first visit out of the way because a lot of people say. I know. I know they took over the club a couple of months before. People saying, "Why aren't they coming over? Is it real?" Well, yes, it is real, and it proved. It. it their visit proved it was real. It was real for them. It's not a publicity stunt. You know, they gave a shit. And we gave a shit. We showed them. We showed them some proper wreck, some love. So you know, I hope that they enjoyed it because we certainly enjoyed having them over here. On that note, are we expecting them over again soon? Do we think? Yeah. I wonder if uh, I wonder if they're looking for uh, for for a Wembley visit. I think about right. a month. Within the month, you think? Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they come towards the end of the month, just because of the Will Ferrell mention. Um. So you know, maybe there's legs to that. Mm. Uh, so if you're gonna if you're gonna come over and take in some games, why not bring uh, bring your mates with you? So I, I would I would just think it falls in line with the documentary. Um, they would want to run the rule over the likes of Palmer, McFadzine, um, and just to get a bit of an update because you know they'll probably come now. They've had a sort of a taste of it, and now we're sort of getting to the business end of the season. And then depending on what happens, you'd think the next visit after that would ideally be a Wembley date or anything along those lines. On the documentary, do we know anything more about sort of dates when we're expecting it out? What's the latest with that? Uh, God, I've no idea, to be honest. Um, was there FX? FX via Disney Plus, via whatever it is. Um, yeah. I don't know. They surely wait to get the end of the season, won't they? Yeah, it'd be interesting to see how much of last season is included. I think much of that might be phased out or kind of like montaged. It's like, you know, we've got this. We've got um, either Yusuf climbing off a bus. We've got Keats angry. We've got maybe a a sound of Jay Harris in the background as opposed to any visuals. (laughs) Um, And a few other bits and bobs, but... Yeah, I, I don't know. It'd be interesting, but you know, ultimately they want they want drama. Drama is what's going to make it. So, and let's face it, we're never really in short supply of that, are we? Before we go on and hear from some uh, of the listeners, um, why don't we now listen to this week's entry in our brand new feature, Only Fans with a Z. Uh, This week, who have we got, Tim? So this week we've got Mike Lewis, who has kindly um, agreed to do that. Um, His uh, Twitter account described him as a family man, Rexham FC fan, maker of cereals, drinker of Jaeger, loves Adidas specials. I can't he like, makes cereals. He, he's a maker of cereals, so I'm guessing. As in with a C? Um, no, as in, yes, with a C, as in Kellogg's Crunchy Nuts. Yeah, he wow. must work in Kellogg's on the industrial estate. Exactly that. Could be. You never know. Maybe he works for Mournflake over in Crew. Who knows? Yeah. You know. Or maybe there's a there's a cereal startup that none of you know about. Who knows? Um, Either way, thank you very much for your input. Let's listen to it. My name's Mike Lewis. I'm 38 years old. 
Um, I live in Kaigurley in Wrexham with my wife and kids. I've um, been a Wrexham fan for probably too long, hence the reason I have no hair on my head. Favourite away day was definitely Dover away um, for different reasons almost than the football. Uh, we drew one each, Jordan White scored, I think. Um, it was just a great day. Me and my mates went down on the bus. We, um, on the way, yeah, we drew the game. The weather wasn't the best, and then we drew the game on the way back. The bus driver thought it would be really funny to leave the radio on at the services after when we all got off. And when we got back on, the battery was flat, so people were trying to ring to get the players' coach to come back and get us. But, yeah, just a funny day. Best Wrexham shirt is definitely the centenary shirt, the 150-year one, 100%. Worst moment supporting Wrexham would definitely be the loss at North Fer- against North Ferriby in the uh, trophy final. Just gutting. Um, if I was stuck on a desert island with any Wrexham player, it would be Rob Lainton because he seems quiet, seems like he keeps himself to himself, so that that suit me, and we could always have heads, we could always have a game of heads and volleys. Funniest Wrexham story is probably that when Paul Rutherford plays for plays for us, when he was working at B and Q during the lockdown, he, um, I spoke to him and he arranged for my father-in-law to pick up a Lazy Boy Spa, which is quite random. Uh, hi, the highest is definitely the floodlights. Bears from the Happy Mondays comes nowhere near it. I currently believe that Charlie Trafford is probably selling sunglasses on the beach in Magaluf. And favourite chant is definitely Aaron Hayden, the Aaron Hayden one. I do quite like the Paul Mullen, but it's a bit too much all the time, so Aaron Hayden. Okay, thanks for that. If you want to answer uh, our OnlyFans questions, please contact the Fearless in Devotion Twitter page or email fearlessindevotion at gmail.com. Um, right, Tim, you've sort of been asking uh, the listeners for what they have made of the last 12 months as we're marking a year since the takeover. What kind of a reaction uh, have you had? Uh, yeah, it's, it's been pretty encouraging. It's you know, Most of them are quite like for like. There's definitely a theme to it, whether that's born off the back of a very disappointing defeat at the time of this going out. I don't know, but I will go through as many as I can off the top of my head right now. So Tim Lewis said, everything off the pitch is remarkable. The people they're bringing in behind the scenes are way, way out of our league. I wish we were more expansive at home. Pragmatic football isn't getting us out of this league. Uh, Wayne Jones from Turf, he's put it's night and day off the pitch 12 months on. As a club, we're a thousand times more professional. On the pitch, very up and down, but these players are too good not to come good, in my opinion. Manager really does need to stop being so stubborn at times, though. Overall, 9 out of 10. Wow. Wayne's a hard man to please, so a 9 out of 10 is pretty high up, I'd say. Uh, Mark Gittins, positives are that the whole club infrastructure has been developed. Good people behind the scenes and back with the cash. Sadly, I think the Wheatlink is the manager. He's built a strong squad, but can he get the best from them? Speaks in monotone and is uninspiring. Ooh, okay. There we go. Um, 
Matt, but, Matt Butler, race course improvements, women's and power chair football gets a green tick for him. Uh, Big Red Cross is not just Sean, but the sleight of hand in pointing and shielding him. Uh, being quicker to respond to Ted Lasso, Lasso, is it Lasso? Lasso, Ted Lasso, uh, than fans who have been inconvenienced. Uh, money has been stumped up at debatable whether it's sensibly spent. Um, I'll do a few more because there's quite a few. Um, Positives from Carl Griff or Griff on Twitter. R and R excited the town they get the club in the Wrexham area. Negative dire football played by Phil Parkinson, baffling tactics and selections. Parker doesn't inspire nor seems to connect with fans. Do players lack inspiration and leadership from him? Uh, improvements set up a more positive approach. So, oh, I'll, I'll, everyone's I'll, a critic, aren't they? Yeah, I'll do. I'll do. I'll do a few more. <laughs> Um, super sub, uh, Paskins Tash off the pitch, tremendous strides made more professional ground improvements, new staff sponsorship profile, the works on the pitch, while we've added quality we lacked an identity and style of play it's hoof, or we work it wide and more often than not are nullified then we've got Fat Boss Supremo, Rich Watkin he's just cut, cut and dried it and put very straight to the point owners, 10 out of 10, off pitch, 6 out of 10 on the pitch, 5 out of 10 work in progress, I like that short and snappy um, so yeah, Rex and Toon. Um, no, sorry, that that's a reply to somebody else. I cut that out, Reese. Um, Steve Hayes, massive fan base, always impressive. Wrong choice of manager for me, lacks tactical knowledge and has no excitement about him. And I'll do one more from Shawnee Prince. What impressed me is how involved they are with the community and the fans, that being Robin Ryan. The fans' expectations has disappointed me the most as Rome wasn't built in a day. Always room for improvement all over, but takes time. So long story short from that is we can be happy with um, the strides made off the pitch. We can happy be happy reasonably with strides on the pitch. Um, but the general consensus, consensus is, um, is, is the manager the right man for the job? I mean, does it matter that he's not, he's not inspiring? Does that? Does that? I think there's a, there's a few things come from that. It was mentioned on Twitter Spaces the other day in, in the sense that he went straight down the tunnel at the end of the game, didn't come over to applaud the fans. He's come over and applauded fans when we've won. So uh, to to sort of walk down the tunnel without acknowledging fans who've who spent the best part of seven eight hours on a on a car or bus journey, spent ridiculous sums of money on hotels book days off. There's even some fans from Peterhead. That's a massive journey from Scotland to come down to Torquay. So to 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 not not acknowledge the fans or not applaud them, even if it's a, a sort of cursory couple of claps and then storm down the tunnel. I think it's it might be born from that. Um uh, yeah, I think you know, that there is a that could have been Are we a bit needy though. Yeah, but that's not asking a lot, is it? That's not asking a lot. You've got to read the room. You've got to read the room. That's yeah, I a get massive that. journey. And, you know, not, you know, a lot of people have, have travelled far and spent a lot of money. Yeovil away, not so long ago. Torquay again. It's a lot of money. We've just had yeah. energy hikes and stuff. Come over, clap. If you get if you get a bit of stick, you take your own chin. He's, he's been in the game long enough to, to know that it comes with the territory. So I don't think it's asking a lot to... Do a couple of claps. No, I'd agree with that. And, yeah, and then, and then, and then, address any 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 negativity in the, in the post-match interview. He knows he's not popular, doesn't he? He knows it. 
Um, it doesn't, it doesn't and, care. It doesn't doesn't phase. No, no, it's, it's, it, it shouldn't. It, it, it shouldn't care. I mean, I've said last week, but, but, has there yeah. ever been a Parky chance? Well, there was one uh, on Saturday. <laughs> Parky, sort it out. Parky, Parky, sort it out. <laughs> well, so, okay, you know, I'll put, we'll put it this way then. What, what does he owe? Okay, what does he owe is the wrong word. But if he's not really, if he's not popular and he knows he's not popular, why is he? Why would he waste his time doing that? He's like, well, you don't like me. I'm going to do a job. And I'm just going to crack on and do it. So I don't need to come over and clap at the end of a game. I'm just going to get back in there and try and work out what went wrong and sort it out for next week. Is that an argument? That. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I think fine. I think because he's got Lee you're, Butler. Parky, you're here to get us promoted. But Lee Butler's the popular one, though. Everyone loves Lee Butler. I love Lee Butler. Yeah. You could do that handshake all day long. Yeah, yeah but yeah. Lee Butler's uh, protégé is one of the, the, the star consistent performers. So there's nothing to, to worry about that, is there? In terms but he's of always that. got a smile, though. He's the sunshine man. I just think he, he could all do with being a bit more like Lee Butler. I'd be quite happy if Parky scowled his way through every interview. <laughs> and if, if he came over and clapped with a, with a, a face like a smacked ass, that's fine. But when you've when you've travelled that far and we haven't had a shot on target and they're not acknowledged, I think that takes the piss a bit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a, it's it's a point of view. The, the only one thing I'll take issue with uh, is, is someone said pragmatic football is getting us nowhere. Well, isn't isn't the definition of pragmatic like sort of that it works and that it's sort of sensible and and you know I, I totally get I, I get what he, what they're trying to say, but I mean you, you can't sort of whatever style of football isn't working at a particular time, people go, doesn't work to get us out of this league. And, you know, we've been in this league long enough now. No, there isn't one way to do it. There are a million no. different ways to do it. And I don't care which way we stumble upon that gets us out of here. It just sort of needs to be whatever way luck or fate sort of shows us. Do you think the, the owners know or, or indeed care that the football's bad? And do they just look at it right? So I think we've only lost one in eight. Is it something like that? You know, we were we were ninth. We we're climbing the table. Do you think that they they care the football's bad? Is that an issue no. to them, or only does it become an issue at the end of the season if we if we're not where we are? I think Rob Rob McElhenney is the sports fan, and there was something Humphrey said in the fan Q and A. It was sort of half joking, but he alluded to the fact that something might have been said about you know, sort of where's the money gone in terms of the early season performances. I would not be surprised if he perhaps genuinely said that in a WhatsApp chat. I think he's the one who's watching it and he's wanting to see, you know, returns and what they invest. I think Ryan might be the more level-headed one who sits back and takes a look at the results over a period of time and says, so I think someone said um, earlier the win percentage is still over 50%, uh, something like 57%. So if you... If you're the more level-headed person, you can remove yourself from the emotion from it. I could see that Ryan might perhaps be more laid back with that, but I think Rob strikes me as the one. He's the, the sports fan. He wants to see results. I think, you know, football fans can be, a, you know, we can be a reactionary bunch, can't we? And I mean, I think if we'd have recorded this podcast just 10 days ago, before that maiden head draw, before this Torquay win, then I mean, an awfully different uh, sort of, where, where did we get to fourth, I think? Or maybe we got to third yeah. for a short period of time. You know, like, I know it was artificially inflated because people had games in hand on us, but mood the mood was very high. We've had two poor results now, and everyone suddenly, we're rubbish, we need to sack the manager. You know, I, I just think we'll win the next two games and it'll change again. I think there is merit to just calming down. It will take a bit of time for the team to gel. Uh, and I know people get frustrated it's not happening yet, but that does take time. 
Um, you look at Stockport, they spent a ridiculous amount of money the last couple of seasons. And last season, the league was rubbish and they still didn't you know, win it. And this season, the, the league is definitely a lot better. So I don't think that's helped the our fortunes either. But I don't know. I just feel like at the moment, we just seem to be lurching from over positivity to over negativity. And maybe everyone just needs to level out a little bit. It's a fair point, isn't it, at the end of the day? Because, yeah, we are, well, every football fan's reactionary. There's not going to be many who can, when you're in the heat at the moment, you're there, you can't it's a struggle to get the balance right. But... I get it because it's weird. I look at the, you know, I remember looking at the table not so long ago and thinking, oh, Stockport are well behind. And then you blink and they've won like. (laughs) Exactly. They've set a new record or something. Um, Has the fixture calendar been kind to them? I don't think it really matters in this division. Everybody can beat anybody on their day. They've just gone about their business in a very resolute, relentless manner. And it's going to take, going to take some serious, serious. Uh, sort of run of calamitous results to see them not kind of lose that that kind of advantage that they've got. Win it. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look at their final 100%. four or five games, but it might be out of sight by then. I, I just think that it's clicking for them now after a, a, a dodgy start. And then you look at you, you look at Notts County as well. Notts County are having an absolutely horrific time all of a sudden, like a nightmare of, of a time. And look at Notts County's squad is incredibly strong. Yeah. And, and yeah, has and been. And, 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 you know, they've got a young manager who's trying to sort of do things the quote-unquote right way, playing gorgeous football. And it's hardly working for them. So, I, you know, I, I feel like maybe their fans aren't as quick to, to, to be calling for him to go. But maybe that's because they're enjoying the football a bit more. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's it. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think... It's a tough one, isn't it? I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying. Now you've mentioned the word pragmatic. I'm trying to be pragmatic about yesterday's result. And the only thing I can take from it is, despite us having no shots on goal or serious shots on goal, I know Phil Parkinson said we're the best passages of play or best phases of played, and if Andy agrees, but I mean, <laughs> Andy's I think, shaking uh, his head vigorously. Andy's face is a no. Um, I, I just think the, the only the only plus point to take from that was that we stayed in the game despite being dreadful so you know we're a we're a you know a decent shot away from leveling or whatever and Parky seems to think that if we get a goal we'll go on to win it but I, I just think you know the gods are conspiring against us again where they're not getting the right players on the pitch at the right time whether it's COVID suspension blah 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 injury and we've had loads of injuries I didn't think the injury injuries was going to be a a problem this year because we've got this wonderful newfangled expansive physio department or so I thought um, <laughs> and the injury list seems to be bigger than ever so um, maybe I was expecting miracles I don't know Shall we move on to the predictions? After totting up the scores absolutely brilliant this Reese Williams is in last place. Oh, how has oh, this happened? The high scoring uh, of me and Liam the week before last has put you rock rock bottom. Rock bottom on 28 points. I've got 29 points. Tim's got 31. <laughs> and Liam Randall's streaking ahead with 33. Never. Which means that you're going to have to streak. He's done a right stock put there, Randall. He's done a stock put on you from I'm no one. Shit house. Obviously, no one, no one went for a, a talkie... Uh, Talkie wins, so no. 
It's it's not no changed change. since last week. But we got Bournemouth. Okay. So, uh, Liam, do you want to go first? Keep up your good Yeah, record. well, while, while we've been recording this, Borehamwood have beat Bournemouth of the Championship and knocked them out of the FA Cup, so they're going on to play Everton. You're joking. Nope. So they are going to on to play Everton in the fifth round. I think they're the only non-league club left. Yeah, no, they're the lowest ranked by, by, by a mile, them, them oh. and Peterborough. They're going, wow. for, they're going for the treble. Amazing. So you, despite... All that though, and despite the fact that I think they've got one of the best managers in the league, I do wonder: does the excitement from that make the FA Trophy tie slightly less attractive to them? Um, I'm going to hedge my bets and go for a, a two-one win for us, but they are a, a decent side, needless to say, after that result. Tim, do you want to go next? Yeah, I just think. Um... Yeah, I kind of fancy a decent run in, in the trophy this year. So uh, I, I'm going to go for a... Hmm, God, I kind of want to say it's going to be decided on penalties, but I'm going to go for uh, oh, a 2-1 Rex and win. Do you know what? I'll go next. And I think that there has been a call to put a lot of emphasis on this trophy because I think, you know, you, you always want to win at any competition you enter, but it's an e- it's it's quite an easy route to Wembley, and I think that would be brilliant for the owners, and I think it would be brilliant for the documentary. Mm. So I, I I do look at the strength of the team we we we've been playing against, like Folkestone and Victor. I think there's emphasis on this. I think we'll put out a very strong side, and I can see a three-one victory because I think Boreham Wood will rest a few players. And finally, last place, Reese. Yes, I also uh, think that we're going to win on Saturday. I think we'll win 2-0 uh, because the, the wood will still be hungover. Right, OK. Lost to Boreham Wood incoming. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, nothing, no, we haven't got a game next Tuesday, have we? So it's just Boreham Wood. Um, any other business before we depart? Um, just a quick, quick word to say that we'll be sponsoring the game on Saturday. Uh, the Fearless in Devotion uh, uh, fanzine. Um, and so if you see us in the director's box, don't look directly in our faces because we don't like that and we are posh. We've actually paid more than the club wanted to to get a particularly posh three-course meal, haven't we? Yeah, swans. We're eating swans. <laughs> we swans and pandas. <laughs> don't don't bring any back issues of the fans in and chuck at us and go, I want my money back. Four quid. Four quid. I thought it was the programme. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was the programme, mate. It's not. <laughs> the amount of times I've said, it's not the programme, mate, but it, it's actually much better than the programme. <laughs> give me a bit of a chuckle and I went, nah, and then walked off. <laughs> Cheers, pal. Well, on that note, hopefully we'll see a lot of you next week at the race course. Let's hope for a better performance than Torquay. Uh, But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. We we will have a guest next week. See you later.